Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to The Late Show. This week is going to be a lot of fun. Downtown Minneapolis Target Center's hosting the 2023 Big Ten Women's Conference Basketball Tournament. And joining us now, broadcaster for the Big Ten Network, does a phenomenal job, and one of our former colleagues, Sloan Martin. She's joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. Sloan, it's been a while since we chatted. How are you doing? I'm good, Henry. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, it's my time of year. I love March Madness, both on the uh, the men's and women's side. So I'm happy to have the, uh, the Big Ten Tournament here this week on the women's side. And then next year, we're going to have both the men and women next year. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But um, how exciting right now has it been, or at least this season, I'll start with with you, um, with just covering and calling Big Ten women's games? Because when I look at the Big Ten right now this season, and I've been tracking and kind of following it, man, there's so many darn good teams. I mean, from Indiana to Maryland to Iowa, Ohio State's been good. Um, who else is ranked? I, th- I think even Michigan State is ranked. Like It's been a lot of really good basketball to watch. And quite frankly, the best game of the day yesterday that I watched, whether it was NBA or college basketball, was hands down. It was the Iowa Caitlin Clark game winner against uh, Indiana. That was such a back-and-forth tilt the entire time. Is this the best that the Big Ten has been in, in the last few years? The answer is simply yes, and it is objectively the best conference in college basketball right now. You have five top 25 teams that you alluded to. Illinois, which for so long had been in the basement in the Big Ten, is one of the best stories in all of college basketball. 21 wins this year, a couple big transfers. They're set to make their first NCAA tournament since 2003. You've got the number two team in the country in Indiana with a post player in Mackenzie Holmes, who is the most cerebral, fundamental, back-to-the-basket kind of post. You have Caitlin Clark, who, Henry, this is a player who, why it's so important to turn out to Target Center this week, because she is a type of player where you will say, I saw her in person when she did this, because that's how I feel whenever I prepare to do her games, which I do quite a bit living so close to Iowa City. You prepare for something historic to happen every single time, whether it's a game-winning shot against the number two team in the country, just the second loss this season for the Hoosiers, a 30-point triple-double, anything is possible when Caitlin Clark is on the floor and you're going to want to be there. She's going to be playing uh, with the Hawkeyes. Uh, Their first game is going to be on March 
third on Friday. Uh, there's just so much depth in this conference this year as well. Uh, I mentioned Illinois, Maryland is a solid team as well. Ohio State, there's just so much whenever you decide to go. And I know, Henry, I'm one of those people, and I feel like you can appreciate this, where if I wasn't working, I would be in the stands, popcorn in my lap, not moving the entire day. So that's not me because I'm working, but that's what I would be doing if I was just a basketball fan of Minneapolis this week. I'm such a fan of Caitlin Clark's. Like she's like she's amazing. Like she she is she is like Steph Curry. Like you you have like her when she gets past half court, she's in range. <laughs> but like legitimately, like she's dropping bucket after bucket after bucket, and I was not surprised that she was able to hit the game winner yesterday. I just love her intensity. I love her passion. I love the way she plays. And I actually, I did meet her last year uh, during the Women's Final Four because she was here in town for the, uh, she was one of the finalists for the Naismith Award last year. Oh, that's so awesome. She is just a joy to talk to and to be around. And she really does exude the same confidence in person that you see on the court. And I loved her post-game interview after that game-winning shot where she was like, to be honest, I thought it was money. And you can see why athletes and superstars like Patrick Mahomes are big fans of hers. And it is because of that swagger that she has that just makes the game so exciting. And she has so much pressure on her too, Henry, as someone who is a household name um, within college sports, as someone who draws so much attention and uh, is such a big name. She constantly is, you know, going back with fans uh, in opposing arenas and, she doesn't mind, you know, getting trash talked or anything. She feeds off of it, and she is absolutely a force, amazing to watch. And that's why I say the chance to see her in person uh, is a really cool, really cool opportunity because of what she's capable of, especially when they have this drive to repeat again as Big Ten uh, postseason conference champions. Well, Sloan, you know, I know that Caitlin Clark, she's the name, and clearly they got the W yesterday against Indiana, but Indiana – has been the best team in the conference this year. Like, and and I, I don't know if that was the expectation going in. Maybe you can break that down for me, how, pe- how people kind of viewed Indiana Hoosier basketball. But Indiana was awesome yesterday. I mean, they were right there in terms of winning that game, and they've been the best team this season in the Big Ten. No, it's a really good point. They have for three weeks now been the number two team in the country. That ties the highest ranking um, in Big Ten history. We had Ohio State that was ranked number two a little bit earlier this season, but they are right up there and really one of the most successful seasons in uh, Big Ten history. So they won just their second Big Ten regular season title this year and the first outright. So we're talking 40 years from the last co-Big Ten championship to this year earning it outright. So it's been such a special season in Bloomington. And what makes them so good, Henry, is that they are fantastic across the board at everything. And there were a lot of questions coming in. They lost three starters from this really tight-knit, cohesive starting five group that elevated this program to new heights it had never seen before getting to an Elite Eight back-to-back Sweet 16s. That was not happening for Indiana women's basketball for decades, a really long time. So there were questions about how they would be able to fill those roles, and they've done it by completely transforming. So you have that player I mentioned who is not just a player of the year candidate in the Big Ten, Mackenzie Holmes, but really was in the national player 
of the year conversation, a 20 and 10 threat shooting 65% from the field. Uh, so you have her Grace Berger, such a calm, cerebral player. One of the balls in her hand, if you love a mid range game, you will absolutely want to come see the Indiana Hoosiers, but they also have huge guards really led by a couple of transfers that have transformed this offense. Sarah Scalia, who transferred from Minnesota from Stillwater high school. She is now an Indiana Hoosier and with her three point range, along with another player, Sydney Parrish and an Israeli player, Yarden Gerzon, who's shooting 45% from three. They're able to spread the floor. It is beautiful basketball. You talk about the best offenses in the country. That's in this conference, the big 10, Indiana, Ohio state, Iowa and Maryland are amongst them with the way they share the ball and move the ball. It's just exquisite to watch. But Indiana is a team that has national championship expectations this year, and they're just amazing to watch. Talking to Sloan Martin here on the Late Show on News Talk 830 WCCO, courtesy of the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. Sloan, um, already, uh, you know, just kind of locked and loaded and ready. I can hear it in her voice. She's ready for this uh, Big Ten Conference tournament (laughs) and ready for March Madness uh, as well here. Uh, She's a big uh, Big Ten women's basketball broadcaster. All right, so Sloan, answer this for me. We we talked about the teams that are ranked. Is give me the name of the team that could be maybe an X factor team in the conference tournament or a team that needs to really do well to to get off of the bubble if they're on the bubble. Oh, that's a very good point. There might be really just a couple of bubble teams. One is Nebraska, which a couple games ago, their second to last regular season game, they lost to Minnesota. That was a fantastic game. It was 95 to 92 at the barn. But unfortunately, when you lose to a team that is, you know, having the kind of season Minnesota is having, finishing at four and 14 in the Big Ten, that really was a shot to the gut for their NCAA tournament expectations. But then, they come back and get a top 25 win on the road against Illinois. So they're currently the eight seed in the tournament, and I think they might need a couple of wins. Unfortunately for them, if they beat Michigan State in uh, round number two, their next matchup is with Indiana, and that has not worked out well for Anybody else but two teams the entire year. (laughs) Uh, And then you look at a team like Purdue. They're the seven seed. So that's really the range where you're going to be seeing uh, these teams needing to get those upsets. They are probably the most bubble team. Um, You know, they have wins over um, Ohio State and Iowa as well. So they have had, uh, excuse me, not Iowa, Illinois. So they've had a really successful season, but they're another team that the Gophers were able to beat, and that kind of gave them a hit to their uh, NCAA tournament expectations. But one team that is in the top four that earned a double buy, I need to give a shout-out here to Ohio State. They started out, Henry, 19-0, and best start ever in program history, then lost four of five games. Three of those were to ranked opponents, but things were looking a little bit grim in Columbus. They've dealt with some serious injuries this year. They're playing without two in their starting backcourt. They really could use some good games right here because they've fallen and they've stumbled a little bit but are trying to hold on. All right, so Sloan, I I have to ask you about just, you know, let's talk about the Gophers because clearly the Gophers – um, it's been a struggle this year. Uh, it's been a struggle the last couple of years, but specifically this season, it's been a struggle. And look, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They're not going to win many games in the in the conference tournament. Um, but we want to see them play at Target Center. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make that game on 
on Wednesday, but I'm going to be down in the arena on Thursday, the majority of Thursday after I fill in for Chad Hartman. So my question is this. What is the thing that the Gophers have to try to take away from this conference tournament appearance? Is it just the experience itself for the freshmen to get that extra seasoning? Is it just, you know, putting a bullseye on on uh, their first opponent and saying, look, if we knock them off, we extend our season, and we just try to carry the momentum as far as we can take it? You know, Henry, I actually think both those things are right. I think this is the postseason. You want to be playing as long as possible, so you treat that Wednesday game as much as teams don't want to be playing it. Obviously, adding that extra game is really going to make things difficult if you are able to go on any kind of sustained runs throughout the bracket. But I look at their first matchup with Penn State. They're 2-0 and against the Lady Lions this year, and that makes you think – it's, of course, hard to beat a team three times in one season, but they were really closely contested, and I can see Minnesota coming back on top again. That They were able to get that really solid win over Purdue, and when this team does well, it really is limiting these self-inflicted injuries, really because of turnovers. There were times this season where teams are scoring 20-25 and up points off Minnesota turnovers and it's just so hard to overcome those kinds of mistakes and limiting what the opposing offense can do with that so I think you make a good point that you treat this like it's the postseason because you want this group this freshman group that was ranked 10th in the country in this recruiting class and expose them to the postseason expose them to winning to preparing to what goes into getting prepared for this kind of environment because this is where it starts and this is why you do this for. So I think you make a good point there, but also carrying that momentum from that final game of the season, feeling good about how you leave things off because you're right, there's not going to be many you know, postseason opportunities for Minnesota. So this is really where they can, if you walk off the court, feel good about where things are heading in the future. All right, Sloan, what is your schedule this week? Like, like how, many, how many games you got? What's going on? Yeah, I got six of the 12 games, so I will just be, I don't want to say hanging out. I'm going to be watching because I'm going to have uh, one of these teams that is playing on Wednesday. So I'm going to be watching at Target Center, and then I've got the PM games Thursday and Friday, and then the semifinals on Saturday before we leave things off for ESPN for the championship game. So it's, uh, it's, it becomes quite hectic. I remember last year, my days, because you're also, and you're still making sure you go to shoot rounds. I mean, I have seen these teams, all of them multiple times this year, have relationships with coaches and the coaching staff and people around the team, but you still want to get in, ask your questions, take advantage of that access you have to be really as prepared as possible for each and every game. And I remember my days last year in Indianapolis. I mean, I was basically, basically going from like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And it is, so fun. By the end, though, I will be Saturday sitting in the stands. Matthew and I, we don't get to go to a lot of games together as fans for fun. Uh, so it's going to be an amazing week ahead. That's awesome. Well, I will try to track you down at some point, maybe on Thursday. I will be down there because uh, I got my credential stuff all secured and everything. And now I'm going to take in a little bit of it in media. Another part, I'm going to go up to one of the suites hang out with the uh, Minnesota sports and events people. And my girl, Rebecca Brunson, is going to be in the building as well. So I look forward to seeing all of you come Thursday. This is what makes it so great, Henry. This is truly a Minnesota event, and I can't wait to see everyone, including you. That's awesome. All right, we'll see you Thursday. That's uh, Sloan Martin checking in, joining us here, talking 
Ben Big Ten Women's Conference Tournament this week. Tickets are still available. And listen, people, when I say tickets are available, if you've never been to a conference tournament on the men's side, women's side, whatever, you buy the package where you buy like the day and you go to all the games. Like you, you can, you can, you go to what, all the games you want to go to. And I think that the day, I think that the games like for a day here, I think it's 75 bucks. That's cheap. $75? Come on now. I'll double check the pricing there. But uh, nonetheless, man, go down and watch some uh, outstanding women's college basketball. All right, coming up next, we'll do a quick scoreboard. That's next year on The Good Neighbor. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. Lindsay, we got to get a W come Wednesday. Come on, Lindsay Whalen. And the Lady Gophers, they did on senior day, ended off with a victory. We love to see that in upset fashion. Henry Lake, Christopher Tubbs for the next uh, another 90 minutes or so. But right now it's time to dive into a scoreboard. I'm watching some college basketball as we speak up on one of the televisions. And, uh, oof, that's a beatdown going on right there on the men's side. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Let's go ahead and uh, start off with some uh, men's college basketball. Let's do it. Uh, Lake, as you're uh, talking about right now, we're getting into – uh, starting to get into uh, tournament time right now. And uh, Big 12, two games going on tonight. The only team uh, ranked tonight, seventh-ranked Baylor's at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Iowa State. And uh, let's see, I'm going to move down to the ACC because that is a game that we are currently watching. North Carolina up on Florida State, 56-38. to 38. Bad year for, for Florida State. Typically... Coach Hamilton, he has his guys like they're rocking and rolling. They're like sleepers come March Madness. Yeah, they will not be in the big dance this year. Yeah, the, uh, right now they are sitting at uh, nine and twenty, and uh, they are looking at uh, loss number twenty-one uh, coming up here at the hands of North Carolina. Uh, let's see what's going on in the uh, Big Ten tonight. You've got Iowa at sixteenth ranked Indiana in Michigan State. They are in uh, Lincoln. It is Nebraska ball, as uh, they like to call it there in the uh, in those parts. Nebraska ball. Wait, and, Michigan State and Nebraska are playing tonight? I'm sure? sorry, that's tomorrow night. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, tonight? yeah, no, no, no. That's On the, Big yeah, Monday? that's tomorrow. No, that's that's tomorrow. But see, I got all excited to say Nebraska ball. On the air, so yes, that is that is actually tomorrow. So a relatively light night in the uh, in the men's game. In the women's game, uh, we do have three games that involve top twenty-five teams. Uh, Ninth-ranked UConn right now; they are up on Xavier, forty-eight thirty-six. Three minutes left to go in the third quarter. Again, the women's game; they've got quarters, not like halves, like the men's game. Yep. So got to keep that in mind. Forty-eight thirty-six. Three minutes left to go in the third quarter. Uh, there. You've got 11th ranked Villanova. No problem with Seton Hall right now. Nine and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter there. 67-39. The uh, Villanova Wildcats up on Seton Hall and the Pirates. And uh, Baylor, uh, they are up on 12th ranked Texas. The game that we're watching right now, that game is in Austin. And uh, Baylor up 54-47 in a Big 12 battle in Austin, Texas. Let's get to the uh, the NBA here, H. Lake. The Wolves, man. You could not have written up a worse start to the post-All-Star break for the Wolves. The good thing is the Western Conference is still just a jumbled mess. It is. Uh, so at least, you know, as you, you got know, that on your side. Uh, you got you got that going for you, which is nice. Uh, 
how about the Charlotte Hornets? Beat the Wolves, beat the Heat, and right now they are laying the smackdown on the Pistons, 76-56. Lonzo Ball, not Lonzo, uh, LaMelo Ball, rather. Uh, Yeah, LaMelo. Yeah, 18-6 and right now for the Hornets. Seven minutes left to go in the third quarter, and uh, that is now a 23-point lead. The Heat up on the Sixers, 66-57, eight minutes left to go in the Third quarter there, Jimmy Butler, 15 points for the Heat. Joel Embiid, 16 for the Sixers. The Knicks are up on the Celtics, 49-41. Jason Tatum right now struggling in that game. He's only got two points so far for the Boston Celtics right now. And the Knicks, uh, they are up. Uh, Derek White's got eight points to lead the Celtics. And the Magic are up on the Pelicans, 24-18. to uh, Brandon Ingram, nine points for the Pelicans. Mm. And uh, the NHL, the Minnesota Wild, continue. I mean, hey, shootout win yesterday. We'll take a shootout win. We'll take it. Another nice win. Wait, is a shootout win? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, an- another win for the the Wild have been up. And just when you feel like you're going to count them out, they rebound. And I feel like that's what we need from the Wolves. Like, everybody's starting to get really down. The Wolves are going to have that one moment where they're going to come out and they're going to play really well. And you're like, everybody's going to start to – Buy back in. I feel people are starting to buy back into the wild. Overtime win. Yeah. Overtime win. Yeah. Which is different than shootout. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. an overtime. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yep. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I, Kirill scored, I was oh, like, yeah. scored a game win. No, it was, <laughs> yep. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov hat trick yesterday. Yeah. Hat trick, baby. Yeah. My, my bad. That was, yeah, that was overtime. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. A, not a shootout. Uh, Red Wing Senators tied at two. And I just looked at the clock. I know we got to get to Bob Nightingale. No, I know. Uh, Canucks and Stars, Bruins, Oilers, Golden Knights, Avalanche, Blackhawks, Ducks. Later on. Later on. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned, we just talked about him. At least Chris did. Uh, Bob Nightingale, MLB insider. He is joining us next here on the Lake Show. Regardless if it's spring training, regular season, postseason, out of season, it's always in season to talk to Bob Nightingale. And joining the show is Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And uh, hey, Bob's joining us courtesy also of the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. Uh, Bob, how you been? Yeah, doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome, man. I am doing awesome. And I said, man, we got to get Bob on the show again, number one, because, you know, we're in spring training. Baseball is upon us. Before you know it, the regular season is going to be here. And I also saw your piece that you did uh, regarding MLB's new rules impacting spring training, what it's going to be like during the regular season. Now, let's start with this. Your reaction to everybody else's reaction and also just your your gut reaction when you saw what happened with Cal Conley of the Atlanta Braves, when he thought that that he you know he's about to win the game, is two outs, full count, bases loaded, thought he was going to get a walk off. Uh, he took a few steps towards first base, bat in his hand, but apparently um, he was absolutely wrong. They were right in that this whole new pitch cl- uh, uh, clock situation where he wasn't paying attention to the pitcher, and that was some sort of violation. Kind of walk me through that and just kind of the reaction of it all. Well, yeah, I just say, you know, uh, you know goofy rule. You're supposed to be, uh, as a hitter, you're supposed to be in the uh, batter's box with eight seconds left in that pitch clock. In this case, the pitch clock would have been at 20 seconds. 
So within eight seconds, you're supposed to be uh, looking up at the pitcher, making eye contact. And he didn't do that. And they follow the rule by the uh, you know, letter of the law and says, you know what, you're out. You know, it would be a travesty that happens in a regular season, a game that really counts, you know, let alone a playoff game. But I think the umpires right now are told, hey, you crack down because we want to make sure that guys aren't mess around during the season. And, uh, yeah, then we're going to uh, really, really enforce this thing. Yeah, that was interesting because I think that that was the first thing that people thought. They were like, well, hold on. If this was actually a game that mattered or a regular season game, would they actually enforce it? Maybe, maybe not. More likely not. But but you're right, though. That's typically how it plays out when you're talking about, I don't care what the league is, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, go ahead and force the rules um, a lot in the, 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 the spring training and preseasons and then see how it translates into the regular season. Yeah, so you just get everybody used to it. You got a whole month now to, uh, you know, follow the letter of the law here and see. It seems like so far it's been uh, overwhelmingly favorable. Uh, the pitchers said they have an advantage because they can decide when to throw the ball. They can freeze the guy. You know, usually in the past you see a guy stepping out for three or four seconds. You know, now a guy can hold the ball for seven or eight seconds before pitching or a quick pitch. So I think a lot of strategy involved. The guys in first base. You know, because you only have two pickoff uh, moves before a uh, pickoff throws before a third one. I think guys will kind of, you know, take the pitcher and say, I'm going I'm to go here, I'm going to go. So the speedy base runners, you know, a guy like Byron Buxton, should be able to take advantage of this thing. Well, that was, that was another thing I was going to mention because I know that in your article there for USA Today, it says, will MLB pickoff rule mean more stolen bases? Do you think that we're going to see an uptick in stolen bases this season? We should, particularly about the guys that steal bases. I'm not saying guys who are, a, uh, you know, that don't run. You know, like a Carlos Correa, you know, he's not suddenly going to have 10 stolen bases or anything like that. But I think a guy that normally gets, you know, 20 or 30 will go up to 30 to 40, you know, that sort of thing. I think guys would be much more aggressive. You know, the bases, too, are three inches larger. So I, I, I do think we'll see more aggression on the uh, base pass. I hear you. We're talking to Bob Nightingale. He is joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. He's the MLB insider for Odyssey. All right, so I want to ask you your thoughts about, or maybe just kind of like your opinion of the Twins offseason. Nobody really expected things to shake out the way that they did with Carlos Correa, uh, but they did. They trade away Luis Arise uh, for starting pitcher um, Pablo Lopez. What did you make of the transactions that they had, and what do you think of their team overall trying to bounce back from a collapse that they had in the second half of last season? I think if they stay healthy, they can give Cleveland a battle. I really do. I don't want to discount the White Sox. We'll see what they do. But I think, you know, but they have to stay healthy, and they do have some depth. Uh, you know, getting Korea for $200 million was a steal, you know, considering that everybody else is getting over $300 million. So that was a great move. You know, Arise, you kept hearing the rumors they were going to, you know, shop them and stuff like that. I'm not sure I'm crazy about that trade. I understand why they did it, but I'm not sure that helps them, you know, in 2023. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they have a fighting chance. You're in the right division. I mean, the two softest divisions in baseball are the AL Central and the NL Central. You know, you're right, though. I, I think it absolutely comes down to health with the Twins. I know that some people say, well, it comes down to health with, with every single team, right? Yeah, some more than others. And realistically, 
you know, last year, and I'm not making excuses for the collapse because they didn't play as well in the second half of the season, but they were battling a lot of injuries, um, notably with Byron Buxton. So if the Twins do um, stay relatively healthy and they get back to form, how far do you think this team could go? Do you think that this is a team that could could do more than just win the uh, the division? Do you think that they can make a little bit of noise in the playoffs? Because, look, it's been quite some time since this organization has made any noise in the postseason. I think they're the right league, and I think the National League is stronger for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can say, you know, on paper, hey, can the Twins beat uh, the Houston Astros? Can they beat the Seattle Mariners? You know, let alone the Yankees. We know that history there. But, I, uh, but yeah, but, but anything can happen. You make the playoffs like the Washington Nationals did in 2019, barely won the wild card game and a blown save, and they win, end up winning the World Series. So you never know. But I, but I do think, you know, the Astros are a clear-cut favorite. Seattle's a, you know, Seattle's a monster as well. And, of course, you know, in the East, you got, you know, Yankees, Toronto, and Tampa. That was Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics, bet smarter, and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Hey, Bob, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. Take care. All right, my pleasure. Thank you. Take care. All right, take care. That's uh, Bob Nightingale joining us here on The Lake Show. All right, we'll break. We'll come back. It's time to get the headlines. That's next year on The Lake Show. As I kind of clear up the popcorn in my throat right now, welcome back to uh, Lake The Lake Show. Here with the uh, headlines here. Let me drink me a little water. There you go. Look at the microwave stuff, man. You got you to gotta, like pop it yourself. That's where the good stuff's at. You pop your own popcorn. That's mm. That too. Oh, dude. Like I, I, my daughter loves Can't do that at work. Well. You pop it, bring it with you. I love, I love popping my own popcorn. I'm like a popcorn snob. I love it. Hey, Minnesota- evidently, I can tell you're a popcorn snob. Oh, I'm a huge popcorn snob. Oh yeah, I pop my like my daughter loves microwave. I won't eat microwave popcorn. I have to pop it myself. I've got a little routine. It's it's great. Hey, Minnesota's budget surplus is down a little from its last forecast, but it's still hefty. A new budget forecast that came out uh, earlier today shows a seventeen and a half billion dollar surplus. With a B. Wasn't that what they projected, though? That was a $17.6 billion surplus. Oh. So there's a little bit less. But this budget forecast marks the first time that the projection was adjusted for inflation. Mm. Now, a law requiring that was signed earlier this legislative session by Governor Walls. Lawmakers used the budget forecast to help create a budget. Now, Democrats control the House and Senate, Governor's Office. There'll be lots of calls from a lot of people on how to use the money. That includes the governor and his desire to send rebate checks back to Minnesotans. I thought I heard earlier today that that was shot down, so I do not believe that we are going to be getting Walls checks anytime soon. And why wouldn't we? Shot, shot down by who? I just, I, I just, I just saw. I didn't get a chance to look at, but I guess uh, that was shot. But I mean, if the Democrats control it and they want it, they should be able to pass it easily, right? But also. The first thing I heard from Republicans afterwards was give the money back to people, right? Well, let the people get some of the money back then. People want some money. See, and and I mean, but if if the Dems control – I want some of my money. Yeah, see, if the Dems control, you should be able to get this through, right? I mean, you should be able to have this unencumbered. I know. I mean, I I didn't – again, I didn't see the details. I just heard that it was shot down. 
you can give a little bit back to the people. You can invest in education. You can invest in infrastructure. You know, you can, there are different places that you can put that money. Just give a little something back to the people, you know? Hey, following what some are calling offensive and racist remarks from illustrator and cartoonist Scott Adams on his personal YouTube channel, several big-time newspapers have decided to drop his comic strip, Dilbert. Now, among those to cut ties included the Washington Post, the USA Today Network, and the Star Tribune. Uh, Suki uh, Dardarian from the Star Tribune told Jordana Green it wasn't an easy decision to cut ties. Quote, we had a lot of conversations going into the background all weekend long as we were trying to as people are doing their chores and ski trips, discussing what to do, we finally decided we need to pull the trigger and move ahead immediately. Discussion led the editors and higher-ups at the Star Tribune to cut their professional relationship with Adam's beloved comic strip. She acknowledged that Dilbert is a fan favorite for many. Quote, everybody loves their comics, and many people love Dilbert, including myself. However, love for the comic or not, uh, Dardarian says the company could not continue to work with Adams after his latest racist remarks in which he said white people should stay away from black people. Quote, Scott Adams crossed the line in our view and he's a paid contractor. Essentially, his comments and his words just did not meet our company's values and standards. So why would we let him do that if we wouldn't let anybody on our staff do that? She shared that the paper moved ahead immediately to remove the Dilbert strip, pulling it from Monday's daily paper being that the Star Tribune is in control of its own comic page. However, some papers aren't as they subscribe to a syndication that preprints the comic strips for them. Because of this, she says that the Dilbert strip may still be in papers that have cut ties with Adams for a couple of weeks. Now, how this is going to uh, affect him, she says that his professional business is more than just his comic strips. Quote, it's not just newspaper comics. He has quite a big brand. He made the choice to express himself in a certain way. He knows that may or may not affect his brand. Um, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, but I, I, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in what uh, Miss Dardarian said to Jordana Green that it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, why wasn't it? It should have been an easy as hell decision. After you said some racist things, yeah, it should have been an easy decision for the Star Tribune to say no. Mm. So, I, so she just got me. I, I, that's confusing mm. to me that she would say that. Mm. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see the fall. And I mean, you know, people know Dilbert. So, again, he kind of he. I feel like he knows what he's doing based on what I've heard. What you know, I was hearing Jason and uh, uh, Josh talk about it earlier today. He's in that right wing circle. He's basically talking about segregation, all those things on that side. So hey, if doesn't, he doesn't care that his that what he thinks and how he feels offends people, then he shouldn't care that people will drop him. Like a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah. I it it doesn't seem like he really does care uh how he's viewed. <laughs> this one found funny. And I don't uh, know. I, I, I saw a picture of this of it so you talking about the actor? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is funny. Go ahead. Yeah. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday bestowed a state decoration on Steven Seagal, who holds Russian citizenship. Now, the awarding of the Order of Friendship was announced on the Russian government's Internet portal. The order recognizes people who Russia considers to have contributed to bettering international relations. Segal was a vocal supporter of Russia's 2014 uh, annexation of uh, Crimea, I believe. And uh, oh, let's, uh, I'm not sure what happened there. There we go. That was, that was where the liner just fired automatically. Uh, but uh, he was a supporter of the annexation 
of uh, Crimea and last year visited the Russian-held Ukrainian town of uh, Olenvika, where dozens of Ukrainian prisoners of war were reportedly killed in an attack mm. for which Russia and Ukraine have blamed each other. Uh, how you can have a country invade you and you are the aggressor, I won't understand. It, look, listen. But You talk about Steven Seagal. Did anybody have this on the bingo card? I know this kind of came seriously, out of left where did, field. It, where did this come from? I, I did not peg Steven Seagal for being connected to Russia. I I mean, I did not. Like, yeah, this was <laughs> on the bingo card. This is way off the bingo card. I'm like, card. wow, what, what the heck happened? Yeah, Damn. yeah. And uh, speaking of governments and, uh, you know, everything that's going on, the government, the Canadian government is banning TikTok. From official electronic devices, making it the latest to announce restrictions on the short-form video app in light of cybersecurity concerns. Now, the ban is set to take effect tomorrow. Government-issued devices will be blocked from downloading TikTok, and existing installations of the app will be removed, according to a statement by the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. Are you TikToking yet? I'm not. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't TikTok. I feel like I should. But what would I put on TikTok that would be interesting? Like, I don't know what I would put on there that people are – it seems like there's a lot of work to be creative on TikTok. I mean, TikTok. You, could, you could do like the dude at Target Center for some of the Wolves games. He'll he'll get all excited and rip his shirt off and be jingling his, jiggling his belly and yeah. all that. I mean, you could do stuff like D- that. Does he have a belly like mine? He's got a bigger belly than you. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, Yes. Have at it, man. Punchy guys unite. Let's go. You'll be like Arnold Schwarzenegger on, on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I only really watch TikTok. Remember when the um, that skateboarder had like the Fleetwood Mac song and he was like drinking that cranberry juice? Oh, yeah. That's like I signed that up. That went for, viral, yeah. Yeah, I signed up for TikTok to watch that. And then after that, I was like, okay, I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't need to see it, you know? Apparently, responding to the ban, TikTok said it was curious that Canada had announced the move only after similar bans in the European Union and the United States and without contacting TikTok about the concerns. I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you buy into the whole China cybersecurity? They're spying on the kids. I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm not on TikTok. Like, that just seems like a wild, wild conspiracy. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press, go for basketball and Minnesota United soccer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 